Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Sister Lisa. Um, I had a prayer request this morning. I'm not the greeter, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, I got on the, out the call yesterday, and uh, I'll talk to you there just to get it out. Uh, call, call, I mean, after I got off the call yesterday, and uh, my cousin that was 36, he uh, was getting ready for work, and he died. So, I mean, he passed away. So I'm trying to still trust God, you know. Um, yeah, it's like a weird that. Break arrangements. So I know I got to keep my head lifted up. I encourage myself. I know that God is in control and we all have our seasons, right? I'm just asking the question, you know, because I'm just like, wow, I was just talking and God is still good, but it's, you know, it's just one, one, one after another, but I can't look at that, right? <laughs> I just good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Termina the Finisher. I'm the greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Yvonne, and good morning, Susie. Who else was that? Good morning. This is Sister Lisa. I have a prayer request. Okay, Sister Lisa, what is it? Okay, my cousin passed yesterday. Um, his name is Andre Gibbons. Please pray for our family as we make friends in it. Okay, I will. Sorry to hear about that. Thank you. Good morning, Sylvia. Okay, I heard you both, uh, Sylvia and Diane. Good morning to you both. Good morning, good morning, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) You both have a great day. You too. You too. Good morning, it's Yvette Marquette. Good morning, Yvette. Thanks for calling in. You have a great day also. You too, thank you. All of you. This is Susie, real quick. Uh, What was the lady's name that gave the prayer request? Lisa. Lisa, gotcha. Thank you. Uh Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Miss B. And who else was that? This is Rochelle. Good morning, Tarina. Can I add Latanya and Kenneth Barr, her husband, on the prayer list? Latanya, and who else? Her husband, Kenneth Barr. Kenneth Barr. Okay. Mm-hmm. B-A-R-R. Um, Latanya was our declare, and her husband had a fall um, and was injured, mm-hmm. so we just want to lift him up. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Happy Triumphant okay. Tuesday. Happy Triumphant Tuesday to you. Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning, it's Pretty Patrice. Happy Triumph for Tuesday, Tarina. Happy, happy Triumph for Tuesday to you. Mm-hmm. As you probably can hear, I'm I'm tired right now. 
I'm sorry. No, that's all right because I just I came back from a three from a weekend of driving to Los Angeles and back. So excuse me this morning. And who else want to say good morning? Good morning, it's Monica. Monica, good morning to you. Good morning. You have a great day. Thank you as well. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Tremaine, the finisher, and I'm the greeter this morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Do we have any birthdays today? Any first-time callers today? Want to say good morning? Okay. How about any men? Any men want to say good morning? Oh, y'all are quiet this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Charina the Finisher. Anyone else just on a call want to say good morning? Love to hear your sound. Good morning, okay, Finisher. I'm... This is Foxy. So happy um, Sponsor Tuesday, you guys. Good morning to you. Happy triumph to you. Thank you have you. a great Thank awesome you. day. Good morning, Tarina. Good morning, family. It's Prosperous Pam. Happy Prosperous Tuesday. Pam. Happy Tuesday and happy blessed ble- birthday. <laughs> Hope you had a nice Thank time. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you have a great day. You too. Anyone else want to say good morning before I get started? Good morning. This is Cynthia. Cynthia, good morning to you. You have a great awesome day. You have the same. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let me go ahead and get started. I need everyone to please check your phone to make sure your phone is on mute. Hello, my name is Tarina The Finisher, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are prayer called and meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite friends so they can be blessed too. Be sure to continue joining us daily during May, where our monthly theme is entitled Grace. This means that all of our declaration will be regarding the grace that God has extended to us through Christ, our Savior and Lord. There is one announcement today. Please join us for TNT Bible study with Pastor LaBelle Jones tonight, right here on the call from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. There is no prayer request from the app, though we do have two spoken prayer requests. Uh, One is from Lisa. Our cousin had passed away on yesterday. Please pray for the family. The next one is from Rochelle for her friend Latanya and her husband Kenneth Barr. Pray for both of them. Um, Kenneth, the husband, has failed. Please pray for, for them. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise is pretty Patrice, declaration, 
It's Moses. Then we go right and close the comments hosted by Declare. I repeat, prayer and corporate praise, pretty retreat, declaration, Moses. Then we go right into closing comments hosted by Declare, Moses. The scripture for today is Psalms 103.8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in love. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute. Please check your phone to make sure it's on mute until instructed to come off mute. We also ask you to maintain your volume and tone of your prayers to a reasonable level to not pray over the prayer warrior's voice as they are leading us to the throne. Thank you for your participation and cooperation. I now pass the call over to the prayer warrior, Pretty Retreat. Have a blessed and awesome day. Jesus love you, and so do I. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. We thank you for waking us up this morning, oh God. We thank you that you watched over us last night, that you let no hurt, no harm, or no danger come nigh to us or our dwelling places. And for that, we say thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for Tarina on this morning, for welcoming us on this morning, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you on this morning. We ask, oh God, that you forgive us for our sins, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you that you gave of your only begotten son so that we might be healed, so we might be delivered, so that we might be set free on today, God. Thank you, oh God, for bringing us out of darkness into your marvelous light, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We thank you, oh God, for our health and our strength, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for food on the table, God. Thank you for our jobs and our incomes, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you for our children. Thank you for our grandchildren, oh God. And we ask, oh God, that you continue to cover them with your love, oh God. Thank you for covering them with your blood, oh God. Thank you for your grace, oh God. Thank you for your mercy, oh God, on today, God. We come asking you to heal, deliver, and set free the Barr family on today, oh God. Rochelle gave us those names on today, God. We surrender them to you, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Cover them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lisa is also asking for prayer for her friends, oh God, in the name of Jesus, the Gibbons family, oh God. We lift them up to you right now, God. Cover them, God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Heal as only you can, oh God. You said in your word that by your stripes we are healed. We walk in that healing on today, no matter what it feels like. No matter what it looks like, we are walking in our healing on today. We are the righteousness of God in on today. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us on today. 
I pray, oh God, that you cover every family represented on Declare Victory, oh God. We thank you, oh God, in advance for what you're going to do in our lives, oh God. Continue to use us for your glory, oh God. Let our light shine on today, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I pray for marriages on today, oh God. Bind us in love, oh God. Bind us in unity, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for the wives, oh God. Thank you for the husbands, oh God. Those that are in their singleness, oh God. May they love you, God. May they fall in love with you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We pray for those that are in government, oh God, making decisions for our lives, oh God. May they have you on their heart. May they have you on their mind when they're making decisions for us in the mighty name of Jesus. We surrender it all to you right now. We lay it all at the throne of grace on today, oh God. We pray for those that are incarcerated on today. May they find freedom in you, oh God. I pray for those that are in the military, and I thank you for their sacrifice, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. May they get home to their family safely, God. But we thank you for their sacrifice that they've given for their country, this United States of America. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice on today. We pray for every pastor, every evangelist, every deacon, every usher, everyone that is in service. We thank you, oh God, that they get up in the wee hours of the morning praying for us, oh God. We thank you for them, Lord Jesus. We ask, oh God, that you bring forth laborers, oh God, to the vineyard, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We pray for the visionary of this line, oh God, Dion and her family, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Continue to use her for your glory. Continue to strengthen her in her body, oh God. We thank you for the miracle, oh God, that was performed on Josiah, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. You said in your word that there would be miracles, signs, and wonders, oh God. We thank you that we were present for her, living her life out loud on this line, God. Thank you for Marriage Matters and every other vehicle, Friday night, live, um, any other vehicle that she started in the name of Jesus. We ask, oh, God, that you continue, continue to use them. For your glory, oh God, may you be lifted up, oh God. May you be glorified on today and every day, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. You said in your word in Psalms 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. We thank you for bringing us out of a horrible pit, oh God, out of the 
miry clay and set our feet upon a rock. He established our steps, and we thank you for establishing our steps on today, oh God. And he has put a new song in our mouth, oh God. Praise our Lord. Praise our Heavenly Father. We thank you on today, oh God, for bringing us out of the muck and the miry clay, oh God. Thank you, Lord God. You could have left us out there in the dark, oh God. You could have left us in our darkness, in our hell, but you brought us out, God. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you for my husband, Brother Jeff, oh God. I ask, oh God, that you cover him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, oh God. I thank you for healing his body, oh God. I thank you for giving him a mind to wear his mask, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in my son, Dominique and Deontay. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. This is not personal, but it's personal, oh God. I love you, Lord Jesus. I trust you and I stand on your holy word. And if you did it for me, if you did it for us, I know that you can do it for them. So I thank you in advance, oh God, for what you're going to do in their lives and many other men's lives, oh God. I pray for the city of Oakland, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And I ask, oh God, that that murdering demon be put to rest, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Devil, get your hands off our children. You can't have them. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We're going to kill that murdering demon. We're going to put that murdering demon to rest in the name of Jesus with the help of our Father. So if you can take your phones off of mute and help me give God the praise, the glory, and the honor that he so Thank you. 
I would definitely encourage you to kind of maybe write down today's message. I, I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever actually encouraged anybody to write en- down anything uh, at any point that I've, that I've uh, spoken anything. But today, this is one that I actually really believe that. And I'm going to walk through three points where I think can help identify and help heal, go back to the moment that this entered into our life, heal that, and then how do we actively protect our hearts and others and our development spiritually by actively correcting this issue in real time. So the first point I'm going to talk about is finding the root cause. Where's the root cause where we have trouble forgiving people? Where's the root, cro- root cause where we have broken relationships? What does it look like? Um, the second point I'm going to talk about is how do we go back to that moment and bring healing to that? And then the, the closing point that I'm going to talk about is active correction in real time. So this is an issue that kind of actually something I learned about with my wife. And a few years ago, we kind of started to notice something in, in her life that she had been struggling with, that there was broken relationships um, and personal relationships. And something she's been getting healing from and a whole, a whole growing process. But, and she gave me, you know, pretty much the okay to talk about this today and, and how we kind of went through this. And I think this could help a lot of people who might be seeing that this is something that happens in their life. So, and, and I've experienced this as well at, at other points in my life too. Um, so there was this kind of time where she would notice that really close friendships or uh, personal relationships, um, even relationships with step parents or parents, things like that, that there would, um, at some point, there would be like a splintering in the relationship. Maybe somebody said something, maybe something happened, and then there was a fence. And when there was a fence, then there was like a drifting apart. And that this kept for a season, this kept happening. This kept happening with my family uh, that she interacted with, maybe individuals. Uh, It started happening with a lot of her side of her family. Her dad had remarried. And so she started experiencing with those family members. And it just started to be this kind of thing where everywhere it started to happen with these relationships. And so we had to really step back together and, and really kind of identify what was going on here. How is it that all these relationships, this is starting to happen? And you might not know that you're in that place. Because I think one of the hardest things to know is how do you acknowledge or recognize that there might be an issue stemming from within you, even if your demeanor and behavior doesn't necessarily dictate that your relationships should end this way or that your relationship should take this course. But if you find that you're like blocking people a lot or you're, you're unfriending people a lot or you're cutting, quote unquote, cutting people off a lot or you're deleting numbers, and these are people that you might have uh, been very intimate with, that you might have been vulnerable with, that you might have really exposed different parts of your, your, your soul to, different parts of your personality to, and then when there's closeness and then there's a separating of that closeness, and this is happening a lot in personal relationships, we're going to talk about how to identify that first. And what I want to talk about is that this is a hard thing because when we experience trauma in relationships, a lot of times we don't look inward or we don't look upward, we look outward. And one of the biggest things to understand if you're seeing this happen a lot, and this has become a pattern in your personal life, is to recognize 
what are some of the things that I have done in this? And you have to look through a checklist. You have to look through, am I projecting onto other people? Oh, yeah, but it's so-and-so. Yeah, but you don't know how they are, though. Oh, but yeah, they have this personality type. If you've said that, you've already hit the first point. The second point is talking is projecting um, onto other people your own insecurities, right? Not just blaming them, but saying that, well, if they hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done that. Or if they, had, if they weren't like that, then I wouldn't do that. And if you find yourself now saying that with multiple people, then there's a really good chance that now you're hitting on two points of this. The most important, and I wouldn't really say most important, but the third point that would be on this is justifying why you're doing that outside of projecting that behavior and blaming other people for, for, for their faults. It's not taking accountability on your own. end. It's not saying to yourself like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm wrong for doing my part in that. If you don't have the ability to do any of those three things in a relationship that has been broken, this might be something that you're suffering from. And it's, and it's very hard. I know that's coming in really hot right off the bat, but it's very important that we identify this first because what has to happen in that first point is you have to find the root cause of why you experience this in your relationships. It's very clear in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. I'm going to tell you the truth, guys. Not a single one of us on this call is Jesus. We're striving to be more like Jesus, but not a single one of us has the right to cut anybody off because of what I just said. Any of the reasons that I just called out right now, it's very important that we realize we were forgiven. The pride and the shame and the guilt that leads to those type of behaviors is absolutely one of the worst kind of sins that deteriorates personal relationships in otherwise cases where God could have been transmitted through a relationship. The enemy is absolutely out, especially in families. And there's probably a lot of you right now that are like, you know what? I haven't talked to, I haven't talked to my mom in 20 years. I haven't talked to my cousin in 25 years. I, I have a, a sibling that I haven't talked to in 20 years because of an offense, because of pain. We don't have a right to do those things. It doesn't justify what, the, what those people did. And the very first thing that we have to understand in this is that a lot of us have experienced things that are absolutely not okay by those people. 100%. None of what they did what, absolutely all what is justified in any way. But the biggest point to that is that what they did, the infraction, is absolutely entirely separate from our forgiveness. The Bible is very clear in Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. It is not your, it is not your um, life or it is not your duty to bring healing to people because that's the grace of God that will walk them through their own situation. But it's up to us to start that domino effect. The very first thing is finding why we have that. If you're noticing in different relationships, you know, as my wife and I were talking about this, we start unopening it. If you really sit down and this is something that, and, and I noticed this in my own life when I was in my teens, actually, my wife noticed it throughout a, a bigger window. Um, but I, I went through it for a season in my teens and my, tw my early twenties. And I didn't understand why I was going through this situation, but I had an issue with authority and it started probably when I was about, man, I was probably 
I was probably about maybe sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade is when I, no, probably earlier than that is when I really started noticing that I had issues with teachers. I would really have problems with teachers. I would, I would butt heads with a lot of teachers and I was very prideful. And then that led into junior high timeframe where I started to join worship teams and I would just butt heads with every worship pastor that I served under. I was showing up late. I wasn't dressing appropriately. I was dressing, uh, not that I was showing too much or anything, but that I was, <laughs> I was uh, dressing very, you know, casual, very, you know, jeans, t-shirt. I wasn't really taking serious. I wasn't dressing up nice. They had a lot of the worship teams. And if you've ever been on a worship team, you know, there's a lot of, there's dress codes oftentimes. I just didn't honor those dress codes. I didn't, I was very defiant. And I, uh, would go on to bigger, bigger worship teams, worship teams to where we toured and to where we traveled the country, you know, leading different worship for different conferences and things like that. And that kind of led and bled over into school as well with my high school teachers. So it was church worship pastors and leadership and then teachers at high school. Around that season for like maybe like almost 10 years, I, I was just struggling with authority. I, I didn't show up on time. I didn't honor people's time. I I was uh, just very quiet, removed, distance. I was too cool to be anywhere. And that was going to set me up for a failure because I was just about to go to the military. <laughs> and if any of you have ever even watched a movie or have had a member in the military or in the service, you know that those qualities that I'm describing, they're not, uh, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're not effective for success. And prior to getting into the military, I, it all kind of had reached a boiling point with one, with one pastor, one worship pastor that I served. And my relationship with this one worship pastor, uh, I would have to say that our interactions were probably the worst out of all of them. It, it was like constant butting heads, it was constant fighting. Um, and she was very, very not, she was really not happy with how I was while I was on this, on this team. And we were having meetings with my parents and, you know, it was, it was just not good. And I remember my parents telling me, you know, at the point it became clear to them, they, they were often unaware of a lot of what happened at school and, and with some of the other pastors and some of the stuff they were aware of. But what happened was that my, my parents sat me down and said, you know, Mo, if you don't take care of this issue that you have with authority, going to follow you for the rest of your life until the day that you finally address it and that concept blew my mind it blew my 18 year old mind like I was just like like this I'll have this problem for the rest of my life and they were like yeah you will have a problem with authority even at an old age you will not be able to be told what to do you're going to be miserable it's not going to be good but the second you address it and you learn and take what God is using it to teach you, you'll never have to deal with it again. And I know that they were saying that I'd never have like, you know, maybe a boss that had an off day, or maybe I got into, you know, maybe a disagreement with somebody that I worked for or something. I knew that it wasn't meaning that I was going to have a perfect life that was free from this, but I knew that this was um, something that I needed to address at the very least. And I did that. And then this was the very beginning of me learning how to hear from God. I started to feel God press on my heart. I need to call every person in authority in my life that I've had an issue with and forgive them. 
And there were some people that were illuminated to me that I hadn't talked to in about six, seven, eight years that I needed to call and ask for them forgiveness. And every single phone call, there was the same thing. They were just so blessed. Welcome to, to Verizon me. Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available. Okay. Um, can can you stay home? Yes. All right, cool. I'm going to keep going. Thank you. And so, um, you know, I I started to realize that this was something that I was, I didn't know that I needed to do because I blamed other people. I would always focus on other people's faults because the enemy, when the enemy is using that to attack us and God's using it to grow us, there's two paths to the way that we process these kinds of behaviors. When we're doing something that is not life-giving and it doesn't represent the character of Christ, we're going to try to justify why we behave that way. We're going to try to explain a way why we acted that way. Why don't talk to them because of this or because they did that. If you're saying those things, you have to immediately think about the proof that Jesus has to say that about you. Does, Does Jesus not have a reason to talk to you? Does Jesus have a reason to to not help you, to show you grace or you mercy every day? Because you have to remember, sin is grievance against the Holy Spirit. Sin is grievance against the sacrifice that Christ made dying, not deserving to die, for the things that you have done. There is not a single thing a person has done to us that we haven't done to Christ. We don't have the right to hold that over anybody's head. We don't have the right to say that to people. We don't have the right to do that because what we're doing is every time we say that we can't forgive somebody for something, we're telling God, God, you can't forgive me for what I did to you. I'm not giving you permission because like I just read it right now, we see that it happens right to us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. If we forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If, if, if you forgive others, we don't like talking about that if. It's freely given, yes, if you forgive others their trespasses. I've had to forgive a lot of people for a lot of things that I don't think they, I didn't think that they were deserving of. I everything, you name it. I've had to, I had so many situations in my childhood, in my teenage years, where something happened to me that in a lot of ways could have ruined my life. And in a lot of ways did, that I had to forgive that person for. Things that were done to me, things that I was exposed to, things that I experienced, where I had to call a person 30 years later, 25 years later, and forgive them. And I know that it's a hard thing because we focus so much on the infractions, but we don't focus on what God is doing in the midst of those infractions. And I know there's people that are on this call listening today that you might have had things that were done to you that are unspeakable. And I know that because I've had those things done to me. And I know what it feels like to feel broken. But the very first thing we need to do is we have to go back to the root cause. 
it's very important to find time to sit down with God and go back to that moment and find out, Lord, my unforgiveness, my, my cutting off people, my, I, every close, I don't have a close relationship because everybody I cut off, everybody that comes in my life, they do something that annoys me, something that upsets me. No one's ever going to walk over me again. If you were abused when you were younger or somebody bullied you or somebody hurt you in any way and somebody violated a boundary, you're now living your life in a, as an adult aggressively, unforgivingly, bitter, because no one's ever going to walk over you again the way they walked over you when you were young. And so now you're aggressive every time you go through the drive-thru. Now you're aggressive every time you deal with somebody in customer service. Now you're mean and rude and are quick to cut people off on social media anytime somebody doesn't agree with you or doesn't believe what you believe or doesn't like every single picture that you post or doesn't show you or they don't say hi to you when you guys go to group functions. They don't talk to you. So you're not going to be disrespected. You're not going to be walked over. Who are you? Who are you? Because Jesus doesn't do that to people. But you have the right over Jesus to do that to people? Please forgive me, my Jesus. So I, I really, we have to hammer home the fact that we are being defensive because of brokenness that happened before. We cannot live our life in reflection to the moments from our past where we were hurt and cut off relationships where God was going to use us to build to break down walls, to break down barriers, to break down division, to break down gender gaps, to break down um, uh, just even racial reconciliation, even, even reconciliation in homes, reconciliation in families, where, where this part of the family hasn't talked to this family for decades, and God was going to use you to bridge that. God was, you, God was trying to get, imagine that, imagine getting to heaven one day and being like, I was, I was getting to that person until you cut them off. You were the only Jesus in a five mile radius to them and you cut them off because they don't say hi to you when you guys go to family functions. Can you explain to me? In eternity, can you explain to God why that was more important? What on this earth was more important than seeing somebody thrive across eternity next to their creator? Because they didn't like our pictures on Facebook? They don't, they don't comment on my posts. I don't, I don't like the way they said hi that one time. They looked away right away. Who are we to say that? Who are we to say that when we were doing drugs, sleeping around, avoiding the call for, from God for 20 years, and he gladly, quickly said, I love you. You destroyed your soul knowingly. You destroyed other people. You were manipulative. You stole. You stole from people. You hurt people. You manipulated people. You controlled people. I love you. We did a lot worse things than not say hi to somebody at a family function. We did a lot worse stuff than that. And he gladly, quickly, we should not be reminded of these things. We should not need to be reminded of these things. The people's sons and daughters that we hurt, the people's, the people's hearts that we hurt, in our brokenness. We shouldn't be quick to forget those things. We have to find the root cause of why we puff up in pride. Why do we puff up in defensiveness when these things happen and no one's ever going to walk over me again. No one's going to walk over you again because you were verbally abused as a child and you can't live your life mentally as an eight-year-old when it started happening, but your body is 60. 
your body's 50, but your mind still responds like an eight-year-old because that's where the trauma happened and you can't get past that eight-year-old trauma because your body's growing older, but your spirit and your soul stayed there because that's where the hurt started. We need to go back to the root cause. And this is for everybody. This is for any issue. We're talking about the grace to forgive today, but this can happen with anything. When I was seven years old, I went to go stay with family and some cousins locked me in a room and told me that I was going to become a man. And they showed me porn for the first time at seven years old. And I saw hardcore porn at seven years old. And it ruined relationships for me for the next 30 years. I had to go back to that moment as an adult, fully grown man with a career and a family. And I had to forgive those cousins. And then you know what I had to do? I had to reach out to them and call them and forgive them for showing that to me. I had to forgive because I was now living every relationship as an adult man, unavailable to commit because watching that desensitized my sense of commitment in a marriage because I saw pornography at a young age and I was not supposed to get introduced to sexuality that way. I was supposed to get introduced to sexuality in my marriage bed. We do not understand that we're a bunch of 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 30-year-olds, people, bodies with five-year-olds inside of the spirit, with four-year-olds in the spirit, because I don't like when people cut me off because that's, you know what? I don't like that at all. I don't like when that person that's in accounting talks to me that way. No, it's not that you don't like that. Seven-year-old you doesn't like that because seven-year-old you was violated in boundaries, and now you're never going to let anybody ever violate a boundary again. So you're, you're hyper-aggressive to anybody that remotely doesn't approve of you or feed your ego. We need to kill that ego, and we need to birth the spirit. We have to find the root cause. You have to ask God, and you have to sit down with a piece of paper, and you have to say, Lord, I'm not stepping away from this Bible. I'm not stepping away from this couch. I'm not stepping away from this chair until you show me the age and the moment where I started cutting people off. Until you show me the age and the moment where I started not forgiving people. Who was it that taught me how to talk to people like that, Lord? Who was it that taught me how to yell at people? Lord, who was it that taught me how to just be surface level with people, but really I can't wait to go off and be on my own because I don't have the attention span to sit there and love in life with somebody? Lord, who was it? Where did it start that it came up in my heart that I don't trust people? That, Lord, what age did it start that I couldn't receive a good gift? Because there's a lot of us struggling right now in poverty because we can't accept, we can't accept a good gift. It's not even that you're not qualified to work a good job or that you're not qualified to generate wealth, but you can't accept a good gift because you have false humility and pride to accept gifts from people. So you, therefore, you can't accept a good gift from God and you're holding yourself back. We need to identify those moments. Where did that come in, Lord? Was it even me? Was it my dad? Was it my dad's dad? Was it, is this a generational bondage? Is this a generational curse? Is this something generationally that happened? We have to find the root cause of these issues. We have to step back. And when you find the root cause, it brings me to point two. We need to bring healing to that. We need to slap that moment in the face with healing. What I did is I went back. I know this is an unrelated subject to grace to forgive, but in using my story of when I was seven years old and I was shown pornography for the first time, unknowingly, I didn't, I didn't wake up that day 
and as I was seven years, I still wore pajamas when I was at that age. I watched Barney when I, when that happened, I watched Power Rangers when that happened. I was a little boy. I didn't, I shouldn't have known or seen those things that I saw. I didn't know that was going to happen that day. And when that day happened and I saw those things and when I was an adult man praying back to that moment, I said, Lord, where were you when that happened? And he immediately showed me I was on the bed with you holding you and I had a blanket around you and I broke down into tears because in those moments, the reason why we hold on to the hurt and the pain is because we thought we were alone. In those moments, we thought God wasn't in those moments. And so from those quote unquote godless moments, that's where the, that's where the virus grows. That's where it thrives. It's darkness. God created the light and it was separate from the darkness and he called the light good. We need to go back to those moments and we need to separate the darkness from the light and we need to call it good because God, our God brings together all things for his good. And he will bring that moment together for his good. Not to where we cut off people anymore. Not to where we can't commit in relationships anymore. Not to where we're broken. Not to where we don't believe in ourselves. To where we struggle with fear and anxiety because of that moment in trauma and it's 40 years later. It's not because of that anymore. If we, if we don't have love, life, and victory today, that's okay. If we need to sit and stew on this, because this is more important than a sermon. This is more important than us talking later. This is more important than us saying hi and giving shout outs later. This is a real moment where we need to be real with our own healing. We need to step back and we need to understand what God is doing. We have to understand that he wants us to have his grace through Christ that saved us on the cross to save others on our cross every single day. That's what we need to do in this. We don't just find where it started. We have to know who was God in that moment. When, when you were being molested, where was God at in that? When you were homeless and your parents lost their job and you guys were sleeping in a car, where was God in that? Where were you, God? Because we hold on to moments that we think were, were godless. Because the enemy wants us to be the God over that brokenness. And he wants us to hold on to it forever. But we are not meant to hold on to that pain. You are not meant to hold on to that pain. I've had traumatic moments. I saw my dad get hit by a car right in front of my eyes at a random intersection in the city. There was no way it could have been me sitting at that red light watching my dad ride across and get hit by a car that kept driving. My whole world stopped in that moment. My whole world stopped in that moment. And when I saw that bike go down, I didn't know who was on that bike. And I always felt, I always, the moment I saw that bike go down, I heard my dad, I heard my dad tell me, if you ever see a biker go down, go pick them up because it could have been me. And I immediately pulled over to go help the person. And then I see that it's my dad getting up, bleeding, holding his side. It was traumatic. Every time I passed, and I had to drive through that intersection every day to go to work for another two years. Every single time I pulled up to that light, my heart sank. Every single day, because that what to me was a godless moment. Where was God in that moment? Lord, where were you in that moment? But when I found out where God was in that moment, that God was the one that was protecting him from falling, from hurting himself so bad that he died, or it could have been, we all know right now, I don't even need to talk about it. It could have been a way, it could have been a lot worse. I could have definitely lost my dad that day. 
That's where God was. And it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time. And I needed to get healing from that moment. And I've had a lot of moments like that with family. I've had a lot of moments like that with friends. I've had a lot of moments like that in my life and just other kinds of moments. But we need to go back and find out where was God in that moment? Where was God in that moment when your parents separated? Where was God in that moment where you went to go live with your uncle or you went to go live with your grandparents or you went to go live with your aunt or a family friend and you felt abandoned and for the rest of your life, you lived your life like an orphan. You dated like an orphan. You worked at jobs like an orphan. You stole from companies. You stole from partners. You stole from family. Where was God at in the moments that led you to live the life that you blamed him for? We need to go back and see that he was right there with us. He was right there with us. Every time we were getting high, every time we passed out, every time we were alone and asleep and we could have been hurt, something could have happened. We are all standing here today because God was with us in the godless moments. And it wasn't your time. And if it was your time, then it was your time. And you go on to that place. And that's your time. But it wasn't anybody. If you're listening to me, it wasn't your time. And God was with you today because God was with you in the broken moments. God was with you in the hurt. God was with you in the pain where you felt like you weren't important enough to keep your dad around. So he left and chose other women. And that's what I came from. That's what I came from. When my dad left my mom, my dad, my dad left my mom and left me. And I grew up thinking, was I not good enough for him to stay? I would never leave my daughter. I, I wake up multiple times in the night to make sure she's okay. I go and bust my butt in my career to make sure that there's not a single thing she could ever want and need because I love her. And I'm like thinking, did my dad not love me like that? Were, were, was partying and sleeping around with women more important to him than me? And that becomes my God. So now I don't commit. I don't commit at work to projects. I don't commit in my marriage. I don't commit in my relationships because you know what? Everybody leaves eventually. You're going to leave that job. You're going to leave your wife. You're going, to leave your, you're going to leave that friendship. You're going to leave that city. Don't commit to anything. Why? Because my dad was in brokenness. I can't commit in my life and see things through to the end now without self-sabotaging them because my dad left. He doesn't get that right to say that. Your father doesn't get that right to say that over your life. Why do they get to dictate the peace that you have and the beauty in your life because of their mistakes and what they did? How is that right? The only father you should live in reflection to is your heavenly father. No one should ever have the right to dictate your life like that. We need to see where God was in those moments. Because when you can see who God was in those moments, now you can mentally and spiritually mature past that, that age. You can start to grow now. And I'm going to tell you in point three, how do we grow now? How can we stop being a 50-year-old that still has eight-year-old trauma behavior? How can we be a 60-year-old that still has seven-year-old trauma behavior and we grow from that? How do we grow from that? Because acknowledging what it is and finding the root cause is one thing. Bringing healing to that is exhausting and it is another thing. But the third thing that we are responsible for every day is carrying that cross. But what does that look like? People talk about that. People always go on about that, but what does that look like? 
And we need to stop doing that as Christians. We need to stop being in a place of healing or maturity. And there's so many broken places and we don't create a connection point for that gap. We don't tell people how to do things. We'll quote verses all day, but we won't break it down for anybody. We won't live it out. We won't exemplify it. We need to stop having these gaps and chasms between knowledge and action. They need to be blurred. They need to be the same thing they need to cross over. How do we actively every day live our life proactively to correct these issues? I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm using this thing in my life that I struggled with with lust because of what happened because this directly applies to this. It might be anger for you. It, it might be unforgiveness, which is what we're talking about today. It, it could be anything. It could be broken relationships. It could be anger. It could be lust. It could be financial. It could be something. It could be anything, any area that we actively live in life. This is, I'm going to use this as an example because you can apply this universally to anything. If I'm out in the store and I start feeling lust or something, or I see I maybe see somebody attractive that is not my wife, I immediately redirect that energy to my wife. I don't go and feed it. I don't go home and wait till I'm alone, slide away and lock the door. I don't do that. I don't do that because I know that if you feed something, it's going to live. If you feed into that secret thing, to that anger, and you blow up and you flip somebody off, it's going to live again. That spirit of anger, guess where it's going to go if it knows that you get pissed off every time somebody cuts you off? It's going to continue to go to you. See, we don't realize, like, we all know that person that they can't go to the store without fighting somebody. They can't go park without going to the spot at the same time as somebody, and then they end up getting out of the car fighting somebody. We know that guy that can't go in public without his eyes wandering every single place. You will attract that spirit. That spirit, if it knows it can live in you, it doesn't matter if you clean the house, it's going to go through dry places, and it's going to say, I'm going to go back to the last house I was at. You know why it goes back to the last house it was at? Because the front door is open to that house. We leave the front door open when we feed those things. Every time somebody gets, gets an attitude with you and you blow up on them, that spirit's like, yes, do it. Do it so I can live on you again. Do it so I can live on you for another six months. And then what I'm going to do when that six months is up, when you, start trying, when you go listen to a sermon and you start changing for a week and I got to leave, Guess what I'm going to do after that? I'm going to bring another person to piss you off. Um, and then once you, you get prayed for and you go a week without blowing up on somebody and you blow up at somebody at your office, guess where I'm going? I'm going back home. And we let them come back. We let them come back. Oh, guess what I'm going to do? Watch the second you step in that store, I'm going to put a beautiful woman right next to you. Your eyeballs are going to be glued. And I'm going to stay, I'm going to destroy your commitment level again for another six months. We let them live. It's like those little Tamagotchi pets that, that the kids used to have. When I, I, I'm a 90s kid. So we used to have Tamagotchi pets. And if you didn't feed them, they died. And then, like, there was people setting, like, world records. They'd feed them, like, every day. And, like, they just the perfect amount so you didn't overfeed them. And, like, they had, like, a 16-year Tamagotchi pet. It's the same exact thing. Except we got little demonic pets on keychains that we carry around with us. And we don't see, we, we look good in, in the person. We've got our hair done and you've got a new skincare routine. 
and you got some teeth whitening strips and you got, you know, you're smelling good and you're looking good, but you got a keychain of all these demonic generational curses just hanging off your arm because you love feeding them so much because it feels better to give into those godless places than it does to have discipline to correct yourself live in real time. We need makeovers spiritually. We need spiritual Botox. We need spiritual fillers. We need spiritual fade. We need spiritual outfits. We need to we need to work on the stuff that we don't know we're destroying actively because we keep justifying why we're cutting people off, why we're not forgiving people, and we're destroying our spirit. And and just because we don't see that spirit in the mirror every day, we don't care to do it. In a relationship with God, staying in your word is a spiritual mirror. Conviction is a spiritual mirror to show you the state of your soul. But we don't care about that. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. I do know because Jesus went there. He was spit on. I know they spit on you. I know they talked down to you. He was whipped. I know they afflict you. I know, I know there's no equality. I know it hurts. He was hung on a cross. They killed you. I know dreams were destroyed. I know you didn't get what you deserved. I watched it all already in the life, in the gospel, in Jesus. We all watched it and read. Everybody knows where we came from because something we suffered from was indicative of something that Jesus suffered. He took it all on. He took it all on. See, we don't, we don't know how to read it sometimes. We read it as, well, I wasn't with. I didn't hang on a cross. I had an abusive step-parent. That's what people say. It's different. We don't equate it because we think it's different, but we don't see that it's very, we need to see the big picture that it was the same. What he went through was the same for each one of us. We don't see it though. Because we don't see it, we don't equate it. It's just something we repeat. We have to actively redirect in real time so that we're not holding on to these things. If you know that you're the kind of person that gets offended easily, you need to redirect that offended energy into love. If you know you're a person that gives into anger easily, you need to redirect that anger energy into love. We have to learn how to catch ourselves. Stop. Catch yourself. You're about to give into it. You're about to renew the lease for that thing to rent inside of your head again. That anger spirit, it's about to renew the lease if you blow up on them right now. That unforgiveness spirit, it's about to renew its lease in your brain. It's going to live up there rent-free in your brain for another six months if you don't catch it right now. My parents said, if you don't, if you don't address this issue, you're going to deal with this in every authority relationship for the rest of your life. What they were telling me is what I'm telling you today. I was going to renew the lease of pride in my brain up there every day for the rest of my life, and I was going to be miserable because I wouldn't be able to keep a job. Because God wouldn't lift me up somewhere where I wasn't going to represent him. And I would have been stuck. I would have been trapped there because I didn't address it. And you know how I had to address it? They told me, call them and forgive them. Get a meeting. Forgive the pastor. Forgive them. Ask for forgiveness. Because I had to redirect that energy into godly behavior. And that's how I broke it. And I can sit here and tell you guys today, 15 years later, I have never had an issue with authority, and it has been the opposite. Everywhere I have gone, I have had favor with authority. I just started a new job, an amazing job, 
and within four weeks got promoted three levels to be a manager over people who have degrees and I don't have a degree, to be manager over people who have been working there longer than me and I've been there for four weeks because I have favor with authority, because I've shown my, my work ethic because of God, who, he got, who God made me to be, who God allowed me to be on the other side of my hurt. And the enemy saw where I'm at today. The enemy saw what I'm doing today and being promoted and being raised up and I have favor and it's being expedited. My blessings are being expedited because 15 years ago, that little scrawny little teenager, me, he had, he had the luck to have parents who love God and fear God that would tell him, you need to go ask for forgiveness. You need to redirect that. When you start feeling that you're going to act that way, you need to catch yourself and you need to go do the right thing. When you feel like you want to be late to prove a point, you need to show up 30 minutes early. When you feel like you want to wear baggy pants on stage to worship God, you need to go put on a pair of pants that fit you. You need to wear the right thing. You need to straighten up. How many of us as adults need to straighten up? How many of us as adults need to wear spiritual pants that fit us and stop sagging our spiritual pants? I can tell you today, I don't sag my pants anymore. It wasn't a good look for me then. It wasn't a good look now. I'm not, I don't have the body shape for that. I'm just like my it's just like a wall back there. So it does, it does not look good. So I'm telling you right now, we have to address these moments. We have to come ready to hit these moments with godly behavior and godly demeanor and Christ-like responses in situations that would otherwise show that we grew from trauma. We didn't grow from a sacrifice. We grew from a place of trauma. We accepted the gift of trauma, which means that for the rest of your life, you're going to repeat that behavior and renew the lease for those evil spirits to continue to occupy your heart and dictate your behavior to prevent the kingdom of heaven from expanding. Why? Because we chose that over choosing the sacrifice. We chose our hurt over choosing godly behavior. We chose our hurt and our pain over God's identity. God has given us the grace. God has given us the years. He has given us the time. He has given us opportunities to look back and to see ourselves. It's time we stop looking outward and we start looking inward. And after we're done looking inward, we need to look upward. We need to see God in it. Because when Nicole and I got married, the lady at the county that was doing our paperwork randomly gave us unsolicited marital advice, which it turned out to be possibly the best marital advice we had got. And she pointed a finger like, and it looked like uh, finger guns, you know, it looked like a gun. She had three fingers on the bottom curled in and then the one index finger out and the thumb up. And I was like, what's she doing? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, lady? And she was like, remember when you're married, anytime you point the finger at the other person, you got three fingers pointing back at you. And I was like, whoa. It was like that mind-blown gift where the guy's mind's being blown from information. And that was me. And that was my wife. And we held on to that in our marriage. And we have, you know, and I say this with full respect for all the people and what they've gone through that we know, but there's so many other couples that got married around the time that we got married that are divorced now. And I, and I don't say that as if we're better than them. I don't say we're not. We're not. We've had our fair share of struggles. We've had a ton of struggles. We've almost not made it. 
it's hard. Marriage is hard. Anybody that's married knows it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. My marriage isn't different. My marriage is just as hard as your marriage because it's marriage. It's hard. It's not fun. It's fun. It's great. I'm lying. But I mean, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing you might possibly ever do. And you have three fingers point back at you. Three fingers pointing back at you. Every time you point the finger to that person, say, well, you're this. Well, you're that. And you got three fingers pointing back at you. You're, you're, you're this. You do this too much. What do you do too much? We don't know how to do that. Because somebody taught us that that was okay behavior. Somebody taught us that it was all right to be like that in a relationship. And then we wonder why we're not happy. We wonder why we don't have peace. We're wondering why we feel depressed, why we feel down. But we've been cultivating that kind of spiritual atmosphere for 30 years, for 40 years, for 50 years. We have to actively catch ourselves in real time and move in the opposite spirit. If you feel anger coming, you need to move in peace. If you feel fear coming and you're like, oh, man, something happened to you at a young age. You don't even know what it is right now. And every time a boss asks if they can talk to you, you start to get full-blown fear all over throughout your entire body because you think you're going to lose your job. You're going to get fired because something bad happened before, or you felt like you weren't good enough at a young age. So now you feel everywhere that you're on the spotlight, that you're a performance, you're in performance mode. You can't have a relationship without a, with the pastor without being validated by them. You can't have a relationship with your boss without feeling that you need to be constantly uh, um, praised because a parent left. We got it. It is, it is, I hope it's 2021. It's too early. I haven't ate, hadn't had anything to drink or eat yet. I don't know what today's date is. But in this date, in this time, we cannot do that anymore. You guys, we cannot act like that anymore. That is archaic. That, that is so outdated. We cannot be living like that in 2021 anymore. We need to be, we need to adapt and overcome. We cannot be living our lives like that. We're trapping ourselves. We're going into a prison cell and we are closing the door behind us and we're waving to everybody and we're taking the key out and we're dropping it out the window. Every single day, every single time you do that, I hope to God today's message is not just a message. I hope and I pray my prayer in my heart that these words get burned inside of your head, that, all, that they resonate six months from now. That you will, 10 years from now, always think back to today. In Jesus' name, I declare that the next time this happens, that six months from now, you're not going to forget about this. I'm not saying this is the most important message. I'm just saying that I hope and my prayer in my heart is that you can live free. That you can live free from that brokenness. That you can live free from that hurt and what happened to you 30 years ago. Because that moment doesn't deserve to rob you for the rest of your life. Because you're not a victim. You're an overcomer. You're not even a survivor. You're an overcomer. And it's not bad to be a survivor because it didn't destroy you, but you, you didn't just exist after that. You didn't just exist after surviving. You thrived after surviving because that's who our God is in Jesus' name. He didn't just die and go under and it's like, well, Jesus died. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled the prophecy, guys. It happened. He did it. No, he came back. He came back glowing. He taught. He taught. He was back for days and days and days after he came back. He didn't just, he didn't just die. And go through the sacrifice he came back he came back stronger after death we come back stronger after death 
we come back stronger when we forgive them. Because what did Jesus die to do for us? To forgive them. And he came back stronger. So why not forgive them and come back stronger? Why not forgive them and see that that seed had to die so everything can grow? Everything can grow. It's time we actually, I think it's time, you guys, I think it's time we actually start being Christians. And we got to stop talking about it. And I would even ask you, don't even quote another verse at somebody until you can live that verse. I'm going to ask you, don't tell somebody what they should do until you start doing your thing. Don't bring a gift to the altar until you forgive that person. Do not click send on that tithe until you forgive that person that you cut off. Don't do it. Don't do that to yourself. Don't renew the lease. We need to have integrity. We need to do the right thing when no one's looking. We need to do the right thing when everybody's looking. Don't be a performance Christian. Be the real deal. Be above reproach. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't be to the place where you need to tell people what you gave, what you did, who you prayed for, how long you've been in ministry. Show people how long you've been in ministry by the way you treat them. Show people that you have spiritual gifts by the way you love them even when they don't deserve it. Show people that you're a leader without telling people that you're a leader. It's time that we do that. When we do that, we're going to watch the world crumble around the power of Christ. We're going to watch. You know when every knee bows and every tongue confesses? When Christians bow and confess. When every Christian knee bows and every Christian tongue confesses, the rest of the world will do it too. But we don't do that. We give ourselves a title and then we roll, we roll about how we were doing everything before. That is not okay. That is not okay. And if we have to sit and marinate on this, then we will sit and marinate on it. But nothing is more important than the impact that we make on this planet for Christ. Nothing. Nothing is more important than sharing that gospel through the way that we live. We, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is crazy. You don't need words to share the gospel. That's crazy, huh? That's crazy to think about. You don't need to talk about the Bible to show that Jesus died on the cross for somebody. You can show them silently. That's a silent movie every day. You don't need subtitles. You don't need a surround sound for that movie. You can love somebody silently. And it happens when we break this. It happens when we come together as a people of God, as a chosen people, and we be, act like chosen people. So on a quick recap, point one, we talked about finding the root cause of that hurt. It is very important. You need to go back into, you, we all need to time travel. Where did it come in? I told you guys how it came in with me with lust, seven years old, locked in the room. It, and that's where it started. It, that was its birthplace for me. You need to find the root cause. Number two, we need to bring healing to that moment. See, as Christians, we can go back and pray over a moment 30 years ago that's long gone. If God exists outside of time, we serve a God that's like, oh, we're going back to 1972? Let's go back to 1972 today. Let's bring some healing to 1972. Oh, it happened in 1964 when your family was in Mississippi? Okay, we're going back there. It happened when your family was in Washington back in 84? Let's go back to Washington then. You don't have to wait for, you don't, it's just, oh, it's, in the, it's done, it's, it's done with. No, you can go back to that moment. You can go back to that moment and pray and find out, God, where were you? Because he's an eternal God. He, was, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. 
God has rewind functionality. God has rewind features. It's not just press play. Some you have the TV, you can you can rewind only five seconds, however long you tuned in. God can rewind years. We can go back years with God and bring healing to that moment. And the third thing, the point that I closed with is that we need active correction in real time. You have to actively, you got to check yourself. No one's going to check you depending on where you're from or where you're at or where you're kind of probably acting out. Hopefully no one checks you. <laughs> you got to check yourself. You've got to be the one that says, hold on, hold on. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I've, I've had, to, I just had it yesterday. I had to go, I, I went to the grocery store and the, the girl that was probably 18, 19 years old, she was bagging my groceries and I, she had it. Oh my God, you guys, she had like the worst attitude and, and it was just so entitled. And I was just like, Oh, this drives me crazy. And I'm being nice and the, and the cashier's being nice and just ignoring, just rude. And I'm just like, okay, why work in customer service so you're going to act this way? I'm like, all right, I'm going to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. And I just let it go. And, I, and, I, and I'm walking back and I'm like, man, I just know she forgot something. I know she left one, one of my items in there in that area. There's no way she got everything. I had more bags than this. And I go back in and... I'm like, you guys forgot my eggs. Are my eggs over here? And immediately, without even looking, she's like, no, I put the eggs in there. She didn't even look. I'm like, did you, did you check though? Did you check to make sure all the eggs, right? I, and, and they're like, no, you didn't, we, we put your eggs in there. I'm like, I don't have eggs in my car right now. I, you, you, know, you guys can help me come look through the car if you want, but I don't, I don't have eggs. I bought eggs. And so they're like, oh, sir, you can, just, you can just go grab another pair of eggs. And I was already irritated. I was already irritated. And I go and grab my eggs and I walk out and I'm walking out like a gangster with my eggs because that's what you do when you walk out when you get your, your pair of eggs. You walk out like a gangster with eggs, like a grown man pouting. And I go and I put the eggs in the car and I drive home and I get the groceries out and I'm putting the groceries away. And guess who has two sets of eggs? I do because I'm dumb. And I didn't actually check between the seats that the eggs kind of fell in between and my car's really dark and like I didn't see it. And it's nighttime. And you know what I did? I was like, man, I could just keep these eggs and let it go. But I'm not going to keep the free eggs. I don't think that's right. I went back and I start walking up and I'm just carrying eggs in my hand, you guys. It's just eggs. And I'm walking up. And of all people who happen to be putting away carts, guess who's putting away carts right there? It's that, it's, the 19 year old, 18 year old, that it's Miss Attitude is out there right in the front as if her attitude senses kicked in and she was just, she's like, he's going to come back. He's going to come back with his eggs. I'm going to wait out for him out front. And we're just having a stare down and it's like a wild west movie. And we're just walking up and they're playing that wah, wah, wah. And like, I'm walking up and she's just like, like looking at me, hands on her hip. And I'm like, Hey, I, I found my eggs. And like, <laughs> I had to apologize. I apologize for being rude. I apologized. I was like, you know what? They're in between the seat. You know, can you blame me? I'm sorry about that. I can just right, take them back inside, right? And she's just looking at me. And I don't know this person. She's just like, yeah, you know, you can take them in, in front. And I go in and I see the same manager too, as if they all had like GPS on me and they knew I was going to come back in and they're just waiting for me. And I go up to the manager. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And I, I feel so dumb. I just, they were in my car and I just wanted to bring these back to you guys. And she just laughed. She was like, yeah, it's, it's really not a big deal. It's not a problem at all. 
And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to throw those eggs in the dumpster, but it's not right. It's not the egg's fault either. I needed to, to go and I needed to reverse that energy. I needed to apologize. And I didn't do anything wrong to her at first, but it's the way I reacted to her being wrong. Mm. It wasn't right. And I taught her how to be humble by never teaching her how to be humble by showing her. And that's what we need to do. We got to show people by our demeanor and by our behavior. So I went on a little bit long today, guys. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on. Um, I just wanted to ask that if everybody can go on mute just as we're going to Love, Life, and Victory because uh, we'll have people that share. This is recorded. I just want to make sure we're cutting background noise. Um, thank you guys uh, for listening today. Again, if you guys can please keep us and her family in prayer. Um, we also had uh, um, some other prayer requests. If you guys can lift those up too, I think that would be really amazing. I know the families would really appreciate that. And just peace for families through everything, through loss, through, um, you know, just, uh, just any kind of situation, anything, everything that we've lifted up today. If you guys could just continue to keep just throughout your day, continue to lift those families up and praying for peace. Um, because we, we all know what that feels like. We all know when, when we needed it and what we needed. So please be praying peace for, for all the prayer requests today. And, um, yeah, I want to get into love like victory. I do want to, uh, give them an opportunity for us to kind of say hi if you came in late. And if you did come in late, I hope you caught my recap right now. It was kind of a long recap, but I wanted to share that story at, at the very least. And um, just thank you guys for calling in today. Thank you guys for calling in every day and uh, helping to make this happen. And I, I think we're just so blessed to have a really great ministry where with a lot of dedicated people on both sides of this phone call. And I just want to say I appreciate you and I appreciate everybody on this call. So with that said, Let's get into um, second good mornings. If anybody called in late, you didn't get a chance to say good morning earlier, um, go ahead and say good morning right now. Good morning. This is Nosy. Good morning. Good morning. It's good Mr. Morning. Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. This is Rita. Beautiful decoration. Hey, good morning, Rita. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. This is Marshall. Good morning. Good morning, it's Krishonda. Hey, Krishonda, good morning. <laughs> Thank you very much, appreciate it. Good morning, Moses. Good morning, this is Sharita. Good morning, good morning, guys. Good morning, this is Juanita. Good morning. Good morning, this is Leomia, great decoration. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Anybody else? Good morning. Good morning. This is Sharita. Good morning, Sharita. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It's beloved Barb. God bless everybody. Happy Tuesday, Barb. Good morning. Hey, Moses. It's Didi. Oh, hey. What's up, Didi? Good morning. All right. Cool. Cool. So let's um, let's get into get into it i um i will have to leave uh by um by a certain time so i will probably indicate that but i just wanted to um give an opportunity uh for if, you, if there's something on your heart you want to talk about after today's message maybe god's just kind of pushing you to share something maybe he's not pushing you to share anything he just wants you to kind of marinate in the conversation today that's cool too 
Um, but I know that the community would love to hear if you have something, a testimony about this, maybe something that God taught you about it, maybe something you can add on today, today's message to today's message. Sorry. Um, yeah, I would love to hear it. And I know the rest of us would love to hear it. So if you have anything to share, um, please oh, feel yeah. free to take yeah, a yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, young Moses. Let me tell yes. you something, man. Pick that heavy mic up off my foot, man. How you gonna drop that heavy mic on my foot, man? You got me lifting. Oh, my brother. Young Moses, thank you for that, that man. Ooh, man, you had me going all the way back till I was four years old. When it entered in, man, you you shared some twelve step process with us this morning, man. On those three points. What? See, as you as you were sharing your declaration, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've worked that. I know how to process all of that that you were sharing with us, man. You got deep on us, man. That mic is heavy, man. You dropped it on my foot. But I was I went all the way back to when I was like four years old when the fear first entered in. When, 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 when dude broke into the house came through me and my brother's bedroom window. And we could never find the screen. Police at the house and, 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 and taking the report. And, and, and I sleep real hard. I snow and wake up, keep everybody awake. Oh, my God. And I felt him going back out the window, the silhouette. And I was spooked from the age of four, but now I'm in my 60s. Man, you had me go all the way back. In which I done done that work already. You know what I'm saying? I've done the process on that already, man. But, you know, currently, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I got to look at my behavior right now today and pump the brakes on whatever it is that's trying to enter in and cause me to relive that hurt. Thank you for that declaration, man. I I most definitely need to listen to the playback on this one, man. Thank you for 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 your declaration this morning. God bless you. Well, thank you, thank you, seriously. I'm I'm happy that it uh, um, you know, I'm just happy that it 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 helps, you know, in that way. Thank you so much. Yes, this is Leo again. Your decoration oh, hey. hit right. This is Leomi again. Your decoration hit right at home with me. I um I am so guilty. I let my daughter go with my aunt. But she has forgiven me. But I'm having a problem forgiving myself. I had no business doing that, and I'm today I'm wrestling with why did I? And I'm, I'm still beating up on myself, which I I deserve a beating up on. That was my baby. It's still my baby, but I thank God for the victory that come out of all that joke because she is a she's 
definitely a great woman of God. And the most, some, a lot of you on here know it, it's Gloria. And maybe I shouldn't call her name out, but I am so proud of the woman that she has become in spite of. The problem that I'm having now is forgiving myself. I should not have done that to her. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you for, you know, guys, the, the transparency and just us going to that place. This is this is where we're going. You know, this is where our hearts, this is the trajectory of our hearts in this this process of this message today. There's a lot of transparency. And, and, you know, I was transparent, too, with a lot of personal things. I put my wife's business out there, my my mom's business in, in a way, some of it, and, and, and my own. You know, I think a lot of times I, I don't want to take too long to address everything. I do want to give you guys opportunity to to share because I know there's so much good information right now, so much good transparency and testimony. But I do want to just take the time to say that the vulnerability and the transparency is the connection point for those that are listening right now that don't have the courage to do what some of us have done, that don't have the courage to get through. You know, I was just talking to this, about this with somebody in church the other day. A lot of reasons why young marriages fail is because we don't get the help from the older marriages that made it. They don't want to be, they don't want to talk about their junk and what they went through. And, and they don't want to expose the, the areas they struggled because we want to maintain image. But imagine if married couples broke that and helped younger couples. Imagine how, how much the divorce rates would drop if we had a connection point between the wisdom and experience and between the young people who don't know where they're going right now, you know, that they don't know how to listen. They don't know how to receive information. I've been praying for somebody, a family member, and he's doing so good right now with his kids and, and career and school and all these things. But it's because I just didn't give up on him. I didn't treat him like his failure. I treated him like who God told me he was going to become. And then you know what happened? He actually became that guy because I treated him that way. And he didn't listen all the time. He didn't want to listen, but it was okay. It wasn't about me listening. Sometimes the way you transmit a message from God is by not talking. It's just by loving. It's just by loving on somebody. So, so far already, thank you. Thank you guys for sharing so far. I'm, I'm excited to hear more and more testimony about uh, from our community. Yes. Hey, so this is like, you know, this is Dee Dee. I've been on the call since the onset of Declare Victory. This is, to me, and I was telling your mom, the most therapeutic, the most healing, the most, oh, my God, the best work. Like this morning, it's so much healing. And when you said how a lot of us, I'm 53, so my six-year-old trauma, to go back to that so that I can really heal from that place, from the inside out for those triggers, Oh, my God. That I, I think, like, I've been in therapy, but this right here, it just freed me, and I'm sure other people, too. You said so much how we need spiritual makeovers and spiritual Botox and how conviction is a spiritual mirror to just show us how unhealthy we are and how we need to be Christians for real. I mean, so much you said. I, I Oh, my God. Like, in, in the, the last part of it, when you said don't quote another scripture, don't be a performance Christian. 
Don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't tell people, but show them. And what you said about the silence part, because we can really not talk about it, but show people our love and how we should just marinate on our spiritual walk. My blessings are being expedited. This morning alone, I thank you. And even when you talked about going back and, and apologizing to, the, to the, the girl at the store, I've been there. I mean, we... This morning, just to grow from it, because we're far from perfect, but how we can just grow through God's grace, through the trauma, through everything, the healing part, and in the last part, when you so much stop renewing the lease of pride. Oh my God, Moses, this is the best. Like I, this is the best therapy. I was telling your mom, we don't really need life, life, and victory. We need to marinate on this teaching this morning. So I just thank you for what you've given my 53-year-old. I, I keep telling you, you millennials, you guys know so much, and we need to listen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You have blessed me this morning. I love you so much. Thank you, Didi. Seriously, I appreciate the encouragement because this is an ongoing process for everybody. That situation with the grocery store worker was last, but today's Tuesday. It was Sunday night. That was Sunday night that that happened to me. You know, like this wasn't like six years ago. Like we're all doing this. We're all in this together, you know? So thank you as always for sharing and thank you for the encouragement. Good morning, um, Brother Moses. Thank you. This is Sylvia. Um, Wow. uh, What a blessing. I mean, it was just Saturday that I heard you speak in your testimony when I walked on the beach. And uh, when I heard you were speaking, I was, uh, you know, half asleep. And I'll be honest, I got up, put my shoes on, I'm going for a walk because I know I'm about to hear something that's going <laughs> to be transforming. Oh, I'm serious. That's going to be transforming because that's just how powerful, how gifted, how blessed God has um, is using you. Um, and I didn't know I was going to get emotional. When I responded, I listened, I took notes again. Um, I also sent an email, but I know eventually you'll get around to responding um, to some questions. So one thing, let me just point, make it to the point. Uh, You said so many, but when you said about us, you know, we're going around praying for people or reading scriptures to people, and but yet we still haven't dealt with this. Um, And I know that, you know, God is using me right now you know, praying for people in the hospital as a chaplain and other ministerial things that are, you know, coming before me, all kinds of opportunity, all kinds of blessings. But my family is tore up right now. They're divided. Um, It's not nothing new, but it's gotten worse. And I can pray for people I don't even know. I can pray for my family, but I I don't know how to fix this. But I don't want to continue into this um, path, you know, I I don't want to be a phony Christian. I don't want to be someone that, you know, looks good on the outside and can pray for people, but don't know how to bring peace and healing to their own family. And right now my family is divided in a big way over just all kinds of stuff. And it does go back. There's a root to all of this, you know, and it's come to a head. And so, you know, I have two daughters. My sister has a daughter, and she has a grandson. It's like them, and then it's us. And right now, it's a lot of offenses. It's a lot of accusations. It's just, it's a mess. And I talked to my director in my supervision yesterday for the clinical pastoral care, and she said, well, when we have process groups on Wednesday, let's talk about it. Talk to about it with your peers. Let's, let's try to see how to work this, 
you know, out. And um, it's real painful, you know, because I, I, I try to be the peacemaker, you know, but I, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to fix this. I know God is in control, but it's, it's, it's real hard. It's really, really hard. And I have to be, I feel like I have to be the one that has to fix this. I, I don't want to, you know, them say, oh, you know, because I've already been called, you so-called Christian, and just all kinds of stuff I hear from, you know, family members, and, you know, they, they, they bring up your past and just all kinds of stuff. But God, you know, and so I want healing. I want healing for my family. I want healing for my daughter that was molested by a, a, a family member's husband and told to stay away from my house. And it was never dealt with, and she's in pain. She'd be 39 in October. I mean, I want healing for my family. I know the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He don't want us to have good relationships and love. And I need healing for my family. Yeah, thank you, Sylvia, for um, just the transparency and sharing that. I did see uh, your email. I've, I've been running around all weekend, but... You know, I do, I, I will reply to that and, and address uh, what you asked, but I, I do want to encourage you in that and just knowing that I know that, you know, from what we've all seen already, just from three testimony, four testimonies and, and not including mine, we see some, some really intense things. These are, these are very real things. These are very real things that we experience that from what I shared that I've experienced um, and from what we're sharing now in Love Life Victory. These are not things that we just, it just, it go, it doesn't just go away when we touch on it. We have to be sure to actively be in community, actively have that mentorship. Just like Sylvia was saying, checking in with the people in your accountability circle and with your community, talking about things, getting through healing, all these things. We serve a God that is able, that is absolutely going to be able to see us through these things. And I can, and that's why I brought up the situation with that family member that I said I'd been praying about because it looked impossible that he would see healing from the things he'd went through. But now I'm watching him walk in freedom because of persistent intercession. The answer to that is persistent intercession. God hears the prayers of the righteous. And if you knock, it will be given to you. If you ask, it'll be given to you. It, we have not because we asked them. We got to continue to pray. There's things I've been praying for six years and then I saw it happen. Some things I pray for two months and I see it happen. Some things it's instantaneous, but I always see it. I always see things that I ask for God on the other side of intercession, on the other side of prayer. I highly encourage you to ask for it from God. Don't try to make it yourself or do it yourself. But ask of God and continue to ask of God. That verse says, if you knock and, and they come back and say, go away, and you keep knocking, it'll be given to you. They'll eventually come open the door. God will do it for you. You got to pray, you got to intercede, and you got to stand on top of that. I have another message for that for another day, maybe, but, um, you know, I definitely, my number one, I believe the m most powerful thing we can ever do is pray, is the most, I've seen so many prayers answered because it's what I, I just believe in it more than just, oh, I'm going to throw it up to God. No, prayer is how we solve problems. And that's how we solve problems in this house. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Seriously, it's very inspiring, very encouraging to hear from everybody. If uh, anybody else has anything, please feel free. Hi, Brother Moses. 
Oh, we had a couple there. Who was that first? <laughs> That's funny. This is Prosperous Pam. And Rochelle. And there was somebody before Pam and Rochelle? Uh, that was Brother Jeff. I was just going to say thank you for closing it out and with letting us know that we're more than just survivors, uh, that we're overcomers, and, and that I need to walk in that state of mind as an overcomer, not just uh, a, a survivor. And I saw God present at the age of four. You, you, you say, where was God at? You know what I'm saying? In that trauma. And, you know, when, when the guy came in the bedroom, I threw my in my brother's bedroom. He went into my mother's bedroom and she was asleep and sat on the side of her bed. And, and when she rolled over and her arm just laid across the bed, she, he was there and she, that what woke her up and she yelled and that woke us up and he jetted back out through the bedroom window, me and my brother. And God was present because he didn't injure my mom and he didn't injure any of us. That, But the fear came in. So God was present because no one in my household was injured at, in that moment. And I know there's a lot of other folks that that um, wants to share. So I'm I'm finna go on mute. But I, I I I know God was present in that in that moment of trauma. Thank you. Wow, that's exactly it, Jeff. Thank you for sharing sharing that. That really chokes me up, to be honest with you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, that was Pam and Rochelle. Um, whoever wants to go first. Good morning. Hi. I'll just try to be a brief, uh, Brother Moses. This was a blessed call. Um, I just wanted to say that um, when you were talking about, um, of course, I have a call coming in now. Um, <laughs> uh, when you were speaking about earlier on about um, having the issue with authority, I, there I was again saying, oh boy, here we go again. I can totally relate. This is what I had dealt with for um, I had, um, God had just been working with me on for years, um, probably about 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, it just blessed me because when I looked to see where it began, it came into my family. I grew up with it. Um, there was like a pride thing. There would be a thing where we'd come home and say, oh, I told this person this, that, and the other. And, you know, just things that like God showed me that, you know, I have to be more humble. Um, um, his word was the first place where it showed me that I have to respect authority. There's a scripture in the Bible about respecting authority. So all these things God had been just continuing working with, with me on um, of that. And there was a point I wanted to make about, oh, it being generational. So I had mentioned on this call before when I realized that I had learned this, that that was a generational stronghold that God had always taught me that I need to pray for my family. And even though my family's divided to Sylvia right now, um, it's like I'm the primary caretaker, but what the enemy's trying to make, you know, for bad, God's turning around for good because God's giving me a peace in the midst of caring for my mom and, and um, you know, my brother's coming around. So there's just a testimony. And God was in that too. Even th back years ago, when you said Mississippi, Brother Moses, that was interesting when you had mentioned something about I don't have to just pray for my, you know, the time I've been alive. I can go back to Mississippi, 1950, 
to or who where and whenever it happened. And God knows when it when it started, this generational thing of having authority, the that spirit of offense, um, being able to cut people off really easy. That's what I was gonna say is that I wouldn't even be on this call if Declare Victory didn't continue to love me during my process of God continuing to tell me, Hey, you gotta keep calling in on this line. And I call in and then there'd be something and then um I could easily cut off but he was growing me through not having to cut people off anymore and just loving and growing. And he's just done so much. So um, I hope this makes sense, but I just wanted to tell you that I'm just thankful. I'm blessed. God continuing to do his work. And um, I am going to uh, continue to just do that persistent intercession and pray for, for family and those who, who, who um, we all need the Lord. So that's all going on mute. Yeah, thank you, Pam. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful, and I'm happy that that resonates that way, and that powerfully, too, at that. So thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Rochelle, right, was uh, waiting after Pam? Yes. Hey, Mozzie. Um, um, someone come mute their phone. Um, um, I just want to... Um, oh, yeah, real quick, Rochelle. Um, real quick, before you... Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, can we just have everybody make sure they're on mute? We're getting a lot of background noise right now. Just if you could just look down real quick and check. Thank you, guys. Okay, go ahead, Rochelle. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, uh, I want to first and continue to encourage Pam um, that you see what um, yielding um, to forgiveness and surrenderance um, will do, that the Lord will continue to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, and then it's just not by chance that, Moses, you did a pop-up on Triumph and Tuesday to set us free once again. So I thank God <laughs> for that. And um, again, once we put our, when, once we yield to forgiveness, it makes it easier for us to go back where we're wrong. Um, and, and now because, you know, you, the eggs fell between the seat or whatever the case may be, and you walked out with, with, with the, with the Western whistle or whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, and then you got home and you saw that the eggs were there, that it took nothing nothing for you to turn around and go back um in spite of the embarrassment in spite of just being overlooked god that grace that he gives us to go back and it, it it doesn't that embarrassment and all that stuff just goes away because we have a heart to do what's right so i mm -hmm. thank god for that and now that you've taken the eggs back <laughs> You can walk away with the Western whistle. <laughs> um, and I laugh because, um, you know, when we do certain things, when we be, when we surrender all to God and we do certain things, our, the Holy Spirit will unction us. Um, and I say that because I bought a pair of shoes and, and I knew that they weren't on sale. The lady gave me the sale price, but it bothered me all night long. And I was at the store when the door opened. And when I walked in, I asked for the manager. I told the manager what happened. And she was like, what did you say? I said, I got these at a sale price and they weren't on sale. She said, no, what did you say? I said, I bought these at a sale price. She said, you bought the shoes, honey. And thank you for coming back. God bless you and enjoy your shoes. So I thank God that we are so sensitive to his spirit that we will do what's right to make sure that God gets the glory, that we're walking in the things of him. So God bless you. And, uh, and once again, you came in um, and set us free once again. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Well, I love that story about the shoes. I, I just want to say that real quick. I just, you know, I see we all are in the same place. We're all going through the same stuff, you know? So if you have something and you're hearing all this, like, 
we're all at the same place. Hey, Mo- <laughs> so, Moses. Yes. This is Didi again. I have to share this because it just happened yesterday. Armani, my son, who was um, shoot, 32, he'll be 32 in June, and we were talking about family stuff. And I think oh, it was Sylvia that might have mentioned just the turmoil amongst her family and things that are going on. And so what my son shared with me yesterday is that it's okay to go back and apologize or have a, that, those hard discussions when you have family stuff. And your whole declaration just made me think about, for me today, I can say there's not anybody that I'm not, um, like I hold any offense to, or I'm, I'm not forgiving, I don't have any grudges, even some old deep childhood stuff. But it takes the it takes that conviction, that spiritual mirror that we talk about. And so for me, like I said, before I witness or say anything to my grown children, I have to make sure I look at my conviction mirror, if that makes sense, so that it's not mm-hmm. just going around and round and round. You see what I'm saying? And the enemy will take um, misunderstandings, and, and there'll be some, some that, that deteriorated relationship that you talked about just keeps hitting me in my head. There's people right now, like you said, we have to check ourselves. We have to, and this is for all of us, if we're holding on to something and maybe we feel like we were right, it doesn't matter at this point. We don't have a right because life is as a vapor. We have to get these things together, right? Like check that conviction, that spiritual mirror. That just hit me because I always talk about mirror ministry. And so just the conversation that I had with my son, being a mother and a single mother and the things that I made and going back to, to 95 and just different years to go back and say, hey, I remember that trauma. And even for me, I, it's something that happened when me, my brother, and my sister were little with my dad, that I still, I'll wake up with nightmares because it could have ended all bad. But I had to relieve it. I had to give it to God there and even forgive my dad for something that happened probably in the 70s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's all yeah. that conviction, that spiritual mirror, so we can heal. And I'm going to stick with what you said. I ain't quoting another scripture. I don't have nothing to tell nobody get nothing right. I got to get me right. I got to apply the word of God for over me. So I can be mm-hmm. healthy and have, you know, have my grandchildren healthy. That's all. I just wanted to share that part. So, again, thank This has been, oh, Rochelle, I can't wait for our discussion after the call. <laughs> so good, Moses. <laughs> on fire. You came in like a, uh, on a chandelier type. Oh, I'm, I'm being worldly. But you know what I'm saying. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you know what, though? It's true, though. And I think it's just a matter of just like that quiet, like kind of humility, like just knowing, like, I don't need to say anything, you know, I'm just going to go do it. I'm just going to go meet this person where they're at because um, real quick, um, you know, I, I just want to share this with, with what you said and what everyone's saying, like Nicole and I stepped away from church for a while. Not a lot of people know that, but I was very much not, the only thing I was involved, anything ministry related was declare victory for about two years. And it was really these past two years. And um, in that time of stepping back, not being in ministry, was the time we grew the most in our walk with God. And we grew the most to where now that we're reintegrating into community and church, we are now way, way, way more refreshed, prepared, and focused on the heart and focused on our demeanor, actually just meeting people, like just seeing people, just going out to dinner with people, just going to hang out and not even thinking about, um, oh, I'm going to minister to them, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to share this, or I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to just like, no, dude, just, love them just do life with them just don't think about any of that other stuff just just love on them just be together be a regular person like don't be all holy roller don't be all like oh you know yeah uh well you know what the the word says right here and it's like no 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 just like you yeah that's good live that but but like 
just be you're a regular person you are right you are always a regular person just love on them god's gonna if you say hi to somebody and smile at them god's gonna transmit over to that person's life so how much more if you go over to somebody's house and have a meal that's like i mean that's crazy in comparison so yeah definitely thank you for sharing that dd that's that's cool anybody else have anything hey moses i just want to say one real quick thing is that was so funny when you were talking about the eggs with the um grocery store someone's not on mute by the way um but um, it sounds like you're walking outside in the wind um but it was really funny when you were talking about the eggs at the grocery store and then you said that you know the 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 uh the, the person who's bagging your grocery said no it's in there and then you they said you know you can go ahead and get another bet, um, thing of eggs and then when you were talking about walking out gangster i don't know why i'm just laughing to myself your your storytelling is so good it's so so good <laughs> um and it's just, I laugh. I'm like cracking up, laughing, picturing the gangster walk with the eggs, walking out there. And, you know, you're, it was just great. So you just are, I just um, thank God for your ministry and your sharing. And um, whenever you speak, you just always prompt us to want to be on the call for like three, four hours. Sorry, that's just your gift. That's your blessing. I know we got to cut it off, but just thank you and just keep going. I got to go to work too, guys. What are you guys doing, man? No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> Me yeah, too. no. I, yeah, I mean, for real though, like, yeah, I, I, I see it too. And, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that we can be just asking ourselves these questions today. And like, and, and, and seriously, like we're, we're all really, if, from what Jeff was talking about, like, I mean, it, this is, we are really going back in time. Like we're going back to those moments. We got to see where God was at. And, and I just am happy, even if like five of us could do that, like, because I know it grows from there and then it becomes exponential and it's exponential healing. So a hundred percent. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, uh, does anybody else have anything um, at all? That's all right. Hey, Pastor Moses. I've been quiet yes, on the phone. Hi, this is Priscilla. Um, I'm the one you prayed for. And you're, uh, last time you were on, it's like I've just been quiet because I've been praying for authenticity and you. this is it for myself um, and everyone else for that matter. But my goodness, I feel like there's a code. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this. Um, I don't think I have any choice but to do the work. And so if I have like a collide, just a kaleidoscope of experiences that just kept coming to me, you know, I was like, wow, that's a lot of work, Lord. Wow. You know, but I just want to say thank you to you. I don't know what God has for you. I have no idea for you and your wife and your family. I don't know. But you... Every time you bring it, but at the same time, <laughs> there's so much contemplation and work. But I just, I just want to say thank you for giving it to us straight. You know, straight, no chaser, just giving it to us. What we need to do as saints, and and to really walk this out, and to be authentic with ourselves and others. Um, and then the gifting that God has for us, I do believe, are being held up. Because some of the work we're not doing for myself, I'm talking for myself. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for anybody else. But um, God, there's so much forgiveness for me. So much going on on so many different levels. Um, and I know I want to be forgiven by Him. And I know that I have to do the work. And I know that I need His grace to do what I've got to do. But You just put everything front and center for me. And I just want to say thank You for that. Oh, yeah, Priscilla. Uh, but honestly, you know, like you have that foundation there with that authenticity and asking for that. And that that is so crucial to it, to growing is just 
like I said, it's just being real. We just got to be real. We just got to be real. We got to be, and it starts with being real with ourselves. And that's why I'm so happy to hear everybody's testimony and looking back and the transparency, like what Sylvia was saying with family and, and just like, we're just being real. Like we're going to get, we're going to see healing. We're going to see breakthrough. That's no question. But we got to kick off the process by being real, by being transparent. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's, the, that's, that's foundational. Man, thank you for sharing that so much. Thank you so much. Cause that was, yeah, that it's that authenticity. We need to just be authentic. We've got to be real. Just be yourself. Be real. It's going to kick in, you know? So thank you for that. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to share? Um, it's Krishanda. Um, hey, what's up, Krishanda? Great. Hey, hey. Great declaration. Um, all I keep hearing is, because I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> well, we deal with those. Um, you know, I've been going through that process of um, I haven't been on Declare Victory as much because I've been dealing with the root of things. And um, when you were telling your story about the store, oh, yes, I've been one of those people in the store. And I'm like walking out like, ugh. God did not get the glory out of what you just did. You sitting here talking all this stuff, but did God get the glory out of can they see Jesus in you with how you just acted? So um, that was so good. But I just want to comment on all of it. It's like one of the things is scripture, you'll often hear me say on this line that just resonates to me is that when Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, until we do the work, and we still may not always know. For me, it's like when you deal with the rich, if we're all doing that, right, and we can love on each other, um, we go back to forgive each other because we don't know what we are doing. We don't know why, the history sometimes, especially we haven't dealt with it. So God bless you with amazing declaration. Glad to be back. I've been hearing about you and the cause. It was a blessing. God bless you. Thanks, Krishanda. I, I think when you say that, it makes me think of, um, I know I've already put enough of um, my mom's business out there today, and I know she's listening right now, laughing, shaking her head, but she recently had a situation at work. Sorry, mom, I'm going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring up details, but uh, she was telling me about this like coworker who was, there was some like really questionable like things being said. And, and my mom was talking to this coworker and was calling me and I was on lunch and I was make I was like, I was grilling some food on lunch and my mom was just talking to my mom and she's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, mom, like, you know, like this, she just doesn't know, you know, and you brought up that verse, forgive them father, because they know not what they do. And it's just like, how many times do we let stuff affect us by somebody that's just like, they're just so oblivious to spiritual things. They've never even, they've never even thought about their own existence. They've never thought about deep things spiritually. And here we are, we know all this stuff and we're running in circles and we're just like, wait a second, like, this is a person who like, they're just like programmed like day to day and like, come home, sit down, do this. And they don't even think about deep spiritual things, but here we are we got to do this work. We got to be the ones that are, are that light, that city on a, on a hill, you know, that, that candle that doesn't have a basket being put over it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that's, that's such a Dude, like we point, don't know about know? our eggs, right? We don't know about our <laughs> exactly. eggs. Like exactly. even myself, I know I've had some eggs. <laughs> we don't know about <laughs> our eggs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and us going through that stuff, you know, and us seeing the nuances. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Oh my gosh. You, uh, Moses, you just you just hit the nail on the hammer, or, or however that goes. It's a little windy. I'm sorry, but they don't 
forgive them. They know they don't know. They yeah. don't know. You know, I because you know if you if you've been through something, you know, going back even on Saturday, if you've been through something like addiction or any kind of dark place, and you've seen, you know, you've seen how God delivered you, rescued you from that situation and put you to where you are today. I'm speaking to you or anybody, you know, in that position. And yet, you know, you have people, whether it's family or whoever, who have, you know, they haven't, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. Not at all. You know? And so yeah. it's easy to say, well, now, who do you think you are? Or you're holier than thou? Are you so-called Christian? Because they don't know. They don't have mm-hmm. it dug deep enough to understand what their purpose is. Or what God has for them, like you said, they living from day to day, or or check check whatever it is, and it's not about God; it's about them, or or their job, or their house, or whatever they have, you know. And this is what I'm witnessing. And so, how can we hold them accountable for something that they don't know? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Me, like, right. It's almost. It's what do I know even about myself? Right. But, so yeah. I don't know. Can I say, yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, we have to also be mindful when, when, and it just takes me back to when I had the conversation with my son, they, they may not know because they haven't figured it out or they haven't gone through it, but if they've watched us, a lot of it is what they've watched too. Like me being a mother Mm -hmm. and my kids watching me go through hell. And now that they're older, I may be delivered from some things that they are now going through. So I have to watch how I even communicate with them that way. And Moses, when you said sometimes silence is best, I think for me, that's what I get. Like back in the day, you know, turn up me. I'm just saying me. I ain't talking about nobody else but me. And my daughters, especially because I was a single mother for 10 whole years in my 30s, and I was out there wilding. So my daughters saw a lot of stuff, right? So now that they're in their age, and Alyssa has a baby at 26, she's not married, Ariana's 30, and she's dating and she's traveling, what 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 would I look like preaching all the, you know what I mean? It's kind of like just let mm-hmm. me just show them how I've gotten delivered so they will want that and not just continue to show, you know, beat them over with scripture. Because a lot of it, like you just said, it ain't what we say, it's what we do. So I hope that makes yeah. sense. I don't know. I just hope that makes sense. And it's like what I said, though, at the end of the message. There's a there's a disconnection point from the people who have the wisdom, who have gone through it, and then the people who haven't gone through it. And I think we have to learn how to bridge that gap because... Um, I, you know, I know this might even sound like a, sh- a shock to a lot of people, but the most talking I do is to Nicole in the house and on Declare Victory. I am very quiet outside of out in the world and out in workplaces. I don't talk. I'm, I'm my microphone's on mute in Zoom meetings. Like I'm not the one that's always coming off mute. You know, like um, I, I just don't talk. To me, I know that if God needs to say something, He wants me to speak up. He'll tell me what to say, and then I just speak up. But this is where I speak freely. This is where I, I'm myself, you know, here. But, yeah, I just, because sometimes a lot of, we have to remember, a lot of people aren't there yet. And it could be family, it could be their sons, daughters, you know, brother, sister, cousin, whatever. They will get there. But a lot of times, a lot of people just aren't ready for what you have. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he's like, don't throw pearls to swines. Like, you have to remember you guys are deep. What, what, what is even the stuff that we've talked about, everybody's testimony today, you guys are deep. You're way too deep than the, than the regular person. And it's not saying a bad thing. I'm just saying like, you got to remember like where you're at, you're like light years ahead of the, you're like getting mad at people around you with like, 
like they don't even think about things they're just like huh what oh okay lunchtime clock out all right and you're over here thinking about like healing and all these different things you know what i'm saying and like all of this different stuff so it's like we got to remember and put that stuff into perspective because like yeah you know it's it's we're stressing ourselves out sometimes like you know like i saw this like this this uh this i think it was like a meme or something and it was for girls and it was like i just i don't know how i stumbled across across it and it was like ladies stop stressing out over a guy with a fourth grade reading level or something like that you know it's like it's not to knock anybody about like education or anything but it's just saying like you're worried about something that's like what why are you worried about that person's thoughts or how that person is reacting when they're not even at the same place as you like they're not even on the same level to where you're at right now like you have to just remember but with that wisdom and with that knowledge and understanding is a really great responsibility you know so i think for us that's why wisdom is in silence a lot of times a lot a lot of times and you know there's what? a lot of prophets of the moment you know so yeah you know, who was that sorry uh, moses i was just going to share one other thing is god keeps putting on my heart that you know that um scripture forgive them for they know not what they do god uh, typically reminds me that my walk with god is that if i'm having a problem many times he will show me myself he won't show me the other person and their issue when they're not getting it and what's wrong with he always in a loving way turns it back to me and so when i hear that scripture forgive them for they know what not what they do I have my thing to do. You know, I have to, I have, I have my thing to do. I want to be pleasing to God. So I have to do what God wants me to do. And he's going to handle the rest. He's going to uh, merge the families if he won't. I'm trusting him that his will be, he's, his perfect will is done. But um, I just continue to get the mirror shown right back to me. That mirror ministry is something. Mm -hmm. So thank you again for the conversation. Exactly. You you heard it, Dee Dee. Pam just said it. You got to copyright that that term. So <laughs> that mirror ministry. Um, does anybody hey, else have Moses, anything? Moses, this is Sonia Baby Spice. I think Dee Dee said it best, and it's um, something she says to me, her little sister, her wisdom words. And and I think Rochelle even said, and she doesn't even know how she said it. It's like when she said she bought them shoes. And I think back in the day when we bought some new shoes and they were still brand new and they kind of hurt your feet, you went and got you some tube socks and you put them mm -hmm. on and you walked around in your house to stretch them out. God is stretching, not just us. It's, he's also stretching them. And, and, and Dee mm -hmm. said it best is when we were back in our day, we, we did our thing. Um, I was a sweet Jimmy VIP on on the dance floor uh doing the stoop down and you know watching your niece and nephews now how they see you now they're looking at you and see what you did back then you're not going to mm -hmm. go back and tell and try and tell them well try and correct them well you can't do this you can't do that no just sit back let them live their life yeah help them guide them you know yes. just give them give them words of wisdom but don't tell them to stop but just let them know be mindful let them do that but get quiet get on hush mode and Man, that is says, so yeah, good mirror, mirror ministry mirror ministry is good but it's in your stretching <laughs> that he does Man. it it's Man, in your that stretching is so good. that he does it because then you're stretching <laughs> he restores those things that you you once lost and it's it's when you can reflect back mm -hmm. when you can look back it's he'll restore what the canker worm and the locust took took from you or you gave away like she says don't cast your pearls before swine mm -hmm. because he gives it back to you 
You know, because mm-hmm. when you touched on forgiveness, that made my ears tingle. Because wow. when you went back and asked those to forgive you, that took a lot of humility because you have to do it just like they have to, you have to forgive them as well. Because in that, it, it, it takes a lot. Because you, when you do, you set yourself out. You move yourself out the way and let God do the work. Bottom line. Because yeah. that's where the wow. stretching comes. That's where the restoration comes. That's that, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. And when everybody is, he's looking at you just as well as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, because. That's, you know, that's what I've been taught. That's, no, let me, let me change that word. It's not taught it's what you learn. That's what you've been learning. It's my great grandmother mm-hmm. say, let me let me learn you. <laughs> you you can be taught all day, but until you learn it, that's when yep. that's when it's there in the mix. That's when the it's comprehension. In the yeah, yeah, that's when it's in exactly. The Man, that I just want to say real quick that is so on point to what I was just gonna say because I was with some friends recently. We reconnected after a long time, and all three of us on a really different looking path and. Um, you know, one, one friend was recently, recently divorced. Um, and one is, uh, you know, wants to be married and is, is, is has prayed about marriage and a wife and, and all that. And then I'm, I've been married coming up on, uh, you know, just a couple of years now. So I'm still fresh. Uh, but you know, the friend of mine that was divorced and I were, we were talking and we were like, man, you know, we know so much now on the other side of being married for a couple of years and then him being divorced uh, that we wish we could have told our younger selves, like the younger man when we were like in our 20s and early 20s and all that. And, and our friend is younger. He's, he's a lot younger than us, the single friend. And so he looks at marriage as like, oh, man, it's going to be this like great thing. And not that it's not, but like he has one interpretation of it on a pre-marriage side that we're like, Hey, actually this is going to be God using this person to completely expose you. Like of all your mask off, like mask off, like just straight up. Like, this is not, this is not, you don't get to pretend to be somebody anymore when you're married. You, the real you gets worked on. And it was like, he didn't want to hear that. It's not what he wanted to hear that marriage was. He wanted to hear marriage was like, Oh, I'm going to get this girl in my dreams. And like, it's going to be just, you know, like it's going to be cake. It's going to be awesome. And my friend, especially that was doors was like, yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. Like, that's not, that's not what it is. And he's talking about like his growth and how God taught him all these things that he needed to work on in himself, but he used his marriage about it. And he's in such a great place. Um, and, and I think that's what happens is sometimes when somebody's younger, we want so badly to be like, no, I'm going to hammer this into your mind. You got to understand, you got to learn. But I realized I didn't say anything because I was like, oh, he actually just needs to go through this. Like he actually just needs to see this stuff on his own. He doesn't want to hear. It's like when God talks about he hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was because there was something God was doing in Egyptian people. Like we forget to realize God is God over Pharaoh and over Egyptians too, not just the Israelites. Like somebody's heart can be hardened because God has a lesson on the other side because God is a just God. I always used to hear people ask me that, well, if God's a just God, why did he kill the firstborn of the Egyptians that were farmers there? Why you got, what about those people had nothing to do with Pharaoh's decision when he tried to kill the firstborns uh, of Moses? Why, why didn't, why in Passover were those people's children's killed? Because God is a God of, the, of justice. And it's not to say that God went out there one for one, head for head, but it's symbolic of understanding that everybody has to learn what they have to learn for their life, what's going on in their own world. It's not a matter of us saying like, 
I need to make sure that this guy understands that marriage is going to be tough and that he's going to have to grow and he's going to have to sacrifice for his wife. And it's not going to be all fun and games and rainbows and butterflies. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that with your son or daughter. If God was God to take you out of addiction, to take you out of a background of doing whatever knucklehead stuff that we were doing when we were younger, then I got to trust that God's going to do it to, to them too. And that's what we got to do. We're not supposed to be God. We got to just be God to them. And I think it's a kind of blurry line for a lot of us. We don't know how to not, we try to be assistant manager God in training. Like, it's just like, we're going to do, I've said that before, like we're trying to do assistant manager to the regional manager type stuff. And like, it's God doesn't need that. He just needs us to be his hands, be his eyes, be his ears, serve people. That's why he washed feet. We're supposed to serve people. We're supposed to be servant leaders and, and let them learn. Let them learn. They're going to learn. They're going to learn. My daughter has learned a lot of stuff and I'm on a, Oh no, don't touch that. Don't. And then I'm just like, you know what? Just just do that and see where that takes you. And I'm going to be right here to pick you up and I'm going to love on you. And then five seconds later, she's crying and she's coming to me and she's putting her head on my knee. And, and cause she's, that's how tall she is. She's around right there. And, and it's like, I got tears and boogers and mocos and everything all over my jeans. And I'm just like, Mamas, come on. I just, you, I come here and you just pick her up. And, you know, like you, that's what God does to us, but that's what we got to do to others. You know, we got to do that too. And so, man, that's such a good point. And hashtag mirror ministry, hashtag mirror ministry. We got to step back, look at ourselves. And God is God. He's been God a long time. So, um, you guys, I got to go to work. I got to get out of here. Um, I'm so sorry if, um, we didn't have time. I w- that's why I do Saturdays. That's why I do Saturdays. We got like eight hours on a Saturday. But um, thank you guys for calling in. I got to close out in prayer. I'm so sorry. But um, really good stuff today. And I'm so happy to talk about this with everybody. Continue it. Um, even even if uh, I pray or something and you just feel like maybe we got to keep going, maybe somebody else could facilitate it. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm going to close this out in prayer. And I just want to pray for for all of us. For us, it starts with us. The change starts with each one of us first in every atmosphere, every climate, every, all of it. It all, it all starts with us. We got, you got to be the change that you want to see. I know it sounds cliche, but it's actually real. It actually works. So, um, thank you guys. And again, my podcast is the Heart Soul Mind Collective. The Heart Soul Mind Collective. And, And if you forget that, remember, it's about the verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind. That's the verse that the ministry is based around. Um, I do podcasts. I'm going to be starting a vlog pretty soon. So follow that. I don't have social media and there's no social media yet for that page, but uh, maybe I might start something down the road. Um, but yeah, so the Heart Soul Mind Collective, I'm going to be releasing an episode this week and it's going to be uh, about this stuff, about family and forgiveness and letting go of family uh, unhealthy. You know, when uh, the Bible says, uh, it's when a man is pulled uh, pulled away from his mother and father, joined with his wife, those kinds of things, and talk about, um, you know, removing us from those family ties that we have that really hold us down in a lot of ways and unforgiveness in our relationships and letting those things go. That's what I'm going to be talking about in this week's episode. So keep an eye out for that. That should out should be out before the end of this week. 
And um, yeah, I'm going to close us out. So, hey, real quick Father, before you close us out, I'm sorry. What I'll do, Moses, I'm going to go and share your podcast into the Victory Room if that's okay. Oh, I'll share all the perfect. episodes and I'll just be, that'll yeah. be my thing to do for those who don't know how to get to it. I'll just share your episodes. I want to tell you that. Let's Thank bye. you so much. Thank you so much. That I, I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Um, so look for that in the Victory Room, guys, later. Um, and I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. So, um, Father, I just thank you. Lord, that we can come together like this on a triumphant Tuesday. I love that name. I've never heard that before, but I love that. And I just thank you, Father. I ask that you be with each one of us and give us, Solomon asked you for a heart that processes things the way you do, a wise and discerning heart. And you are so honored by that, Lord. You're so honored that he, he could have asked you for anything. And he said, Lord, this is a great and mighty people you've given me to lead. and I can't do anything if I don't have a heart that thinks the way you do, if I don't have a God processing mindset. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us that we develop a mind that thinks like you, the mind of Christ, that we're able to process things the way you process things. So when somebody comes up to us yelling and scrimping and stomping our feet and, and, a, and a healthy heads up, it's Tuesday, you might see that at work today. You might go log on and get on Zoom and somebody's hair is all messed up and they got an attitude and their mic's cutting out and they're taking out on everybody, that we would process those situations the way you process them, Lord. And when, when we're in traffic right now as we're driving and we're trying to get over and we're like honking and waving, like, let me in. I, I got to get in. Like, that's my exit. I got to get over. And they're just looking at us, Lord, that we just, you know what? I forgive them. I'm going to take the next exit. It is what it is. It's all right. I, I, I pray, Lord, that we just approach every situation with a God processor, like a processing chip inside of us, Lord, that's put there by you. And I thank you for that, Father. I ask that we have that in all of our personal relationships, all of our family relationships, Lord. And I just thank you that you're doing a good work in us. You're doing something that, that we can go back to where the hurt began and we can get healing. And I pray healing for each one of us to those places all those years ago when we were young, when we were little, all of us. Almost all of us have something pre-10 years old that, that dramatically affected us for the rest of our life. Lord, I pray healing over those places, to those dark places, that dark room in our, in our heart that we don't go there because we haven't gone there in 50 years. We haven't gone there in 40 years. Lord, I pray that that room, that the light get turned on, that we have nothing to fear. There's nothing from our past that is greater than your love, Lord. There is nothing from our past that is greater than who you are, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the, the, alpha and the Omega. So you get all the glory, all the honor, Lord, in every aspect and every facet of our life, every interaction, every, every occurrence, every time where that, that evil thing from our past tries to just rear its ugly head and say, hey, what's going on over there? I pray that leases are broken, Lord, that demonic leases, that evil spirit leases over our behavior are null and voided. Those contracts are ripped in Jesus' name. I come against every contract we have signed, agreed with. Every bad contract we signed with the enemy in our life, Lord, whether it was drug addiction, it was promiscuity, it was um, insecurity, there was anger, it was the way we treated people, we were manipulative, we were controlling, we were lustful, whatever it was. Lord, I break those contracts in Jesus' name. I stand in, 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 on the, in the gap right now, Lord, and as our great lawyer, as our great intercessor, Lord, on you, in your name and your authority, I come up before that court and I just say, in Jesus' name, those contracts are ripped over all of us. And you might not see the, the fruit of that today, but you will see it tomorrow. In mm -hmm. Jesus' name, I declare that. 
at some point, we're going to start to see those things happen from the prayers of today, from the testimonies of today. We stand on top of those. So in Jesus' name, I declare that. Um, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Such a blessing today. I am so blessed. I'm going to be like glowing in meetings today. I'm like so happy. I'm like, this is so great. I'm so encouraged by all, all of you. And I learned so much from everybody. So thank you guys. Have a good day. Have a good week. Happy Triumphant Tuesday. I love that. And you're dismissed for today. Thank you. Later. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a super blessed day, everyone. Walk and triumph. Amen. Amen. Have a Tuesday. Tuesday, everyone. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Moses, I'm proud you where that came from. That's Lady H. Um, she, um, national holiday on Tuesday. So we triumphant, especially on a Tuesday. So I'll tag you on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys, later. All right, be blessed.
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes, committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying on our knees, for it's God we aim to please, we are declared Walking in 
the truth, praying for our youth, heaven bent so 